Welcome to Horror Struck. Welcome back to a new movie review. Review. review hey, thanks. Review. Glad to be here. Uh, so this week we're covering the newest horror movie release, and that is Jordan Peele's film Nope. So we're going to start non-spoilers, our general thoughts on the movie, whether we think you should go and see it, and then we will transition into our spoiler thoughts. So, Riley. No, I want you to go first. I want you to tell me what you thought, because I think you already know what I think. I liked it. I do like that every Jordan Peele film is different than the one before it. He, I don't know if he is quite successful in some of the things he's trying, but I had a very good time in the theater. I thought the mystery was pretty good. It almost switches genres halfway through, and I didn't mind it. I can understand if people have a problem. This movie might not appeal to everybody, um, but personally, I had a great time watching this movie. The acting was phenomenal. The film looks beautiful. The themes in it are not really hard to dissect, and the action in it was very well done. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I'm trying to think if there's anything that I... There are things that I think hinder the film, but like for me personally, I didn't mind them. The pacing at points, just because of the way the film switches genres, um, I think is a little strange. And there there was one thing in particular that I understood why it was in the film, but I wanted it to be more important to the ultimate plot, and it wasn't. Yeah. And I think those are all my just non-spoiler thoughts. Okay. I think we're pretty much in agreement with everything. I think, obviously, the film is gorgeous. I think it was shot specifically to be shown in IMAX because it is this big spectacle of a film. It's basically Jordan Peele's sort of ode to these old summer blockbusters. And I think that comes off incredibly well when you actually look at the film. Uh, The cinematography is phenomenal. I love, and I don't know how they managed to do this, but a lot of the scenes are filmed at night, and it looks incredible, especially in this sort of age of everything on screen is so fucking dark. Please show me what I am supposed (laughs) to be seeing right now. Yeah. So I thought whoever did the lighting was also phenomenal. And just in general, when you have a movie with, people with darker skin skin tones, like black people in your movie, you need to find someone who knows how to light their skin tone. And I think that was great. I think acting, yeah, phenomenal. Kiki Palmer obviously is going to be the standout in this film. I think Daniel Kaluuya was also great. He has such a great range where I've seen him in things where he's like absolutely hilarious. But in this, he's very stoic and he, you can gauge a lot of what he is feeling just through these facial expressions. The only thing with the acting, I do feel like a couple characters were very underutilized when it comes to Stephen Young's character and Keith David. Yeah. Uh, I think the only thing I disagree with that you said was I thought the pacing worked really well for this film. They've got like these chapter breaks, basically, where you are shown like, obviously, this film is about people who train horses for like 
television and movies. And the chapter breaks are all used with like the animals' names. And I think thematically, especially the names that they gave the horses for the first and last chapter, it works really well. But yeah, there there is, and we'll talk about this when we actually are talking in depth about it and, you know, spoiling the movie. But there is one particular thing that I think worked thematically with the movie, but yeah, I, I think I, the story the felt kind of disjointed. Of. And it's kind of like, it, it took me a day of thinking about it to sort of figure out how it fit in. It's it's hard for me to really speak too much to the pacing because I think I need to watch it one more time knowing the twists and turns to really gauge pacing. Because for me, if it's a really good mystery, uh, there's a lot of things with pacing I'll ignore. So I, I think I definitely want to go back and rewatch this movie and see if any of my perspectives on certain things change. I agree. I felt like that Literally, as the credits were rolling, I was looking at showtimes to see if there was another movie I could catch directly after so that I could kind of sit with it again, knowing what this movie is actually about. Because it's not it's not too far off from what the trailers say. This is like a UFO movie. But obviously, with a film like this, there's something more to that. And I think the reveals work. Yeah, I think it would be really interesting to see this film with the hindsight that I have now, knowing what's happening and what the actual story is about. Do you recommend people going to see this in the theater? Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you are going to see it, if you have any interest in this film, I would suggest seeing it in theater. If you have an IMAX theater near you, I would suggest that because I think this film is absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, same. Go see it. Go see it. It's good. Yay from us. Okay, now we'll jump into spoilers. So if you don't want to be spoiled, uh, jump off, go see the movie, and then come back uh, if you want to stay or you've already seen it. Let's uh, let's jump into spoilers. Okay, let's do it. What's this movie really about? Everyone was expecting it was definitely some sort of like UFO movie, and it is that in a way. But you find out the UFO is not a UFO; it's like a space creature, and the design of this creature is interesting. Um, I liked it more once it had changed form towards the end when we enter into our like action movie phase. For the longest time, I was just like, is it a cowboy hat just flying through the sky? I think, yeah, that was really interesting because it does look a lot like the hat that, um, oh, what's his name? I keep wanting to call him Jupe because that's the the character that he played. Oh, Stephen. Yeah, Stephen that Young. Stephen Young's character played Kevin. Is that his name? Ricky. That's what it was. But it looked a lot like, yeah, the guy who owns the, the like, amusement park, basically, near the ranch. It looks a lot like his hat. So I kept thinking that there was more happening with the Gordy story, which I think we should probably talk about. Quick summary uh, for those who haven't seen the movie, but the movie focuses around the Haywoods that they're, like, horse Hollywood trainers. We have a brother and a sister, OJ and Emerald. I think they just call her M. Uh, their father dies, and so they kind of have to take on the business, and it's not going well. Then weird stuff starts happening. That essentially, this UFO shows up, and then they, they think, oh, if we get a picture of it, we could make money, maybe save the ranch. At the same time, like, down the way, there is, like, a Old West, like, theme park put on by this child actor, or who was a child, famous child actor, is now grown up who's played by Steven Yoon. His name is Jupe, Ricky Jupe Park. 
you find out kind of as the mystery is unfolding that he has also discovered there's a UFO and he has been trying to feed and train this creature thing because uh, it ends up being an alien, not a UFO. And it goes terribly wrong. A bunch of people die. And then in the end, it's up to OJ, his sister M, a Fry's like... Uh, what what would he be called? Like a he's like an he's almost like Geek Squad. He's like a technology guy installer, and then a cinematographer who's gonna try to shoot it. And in the end, they're able to explode the monster. That's a very very short condensed version of the plot. So one of the biggest things that sticks out is the Gordy plot line. Steven Yeun's character used to be like a very famous child actor and he appeared on a sitcom where it's infamous because it had a chimpanzee character and one of the chimps they had to portray that character uh, snapped during a filming in like their second season I think and I don't know if he actually ended up murdering anybody but it's it's bad ripping faces off bad oh the chimp i'm pretty sure it's implied that the woman who played the mom is dead the man who played the dad is dead we know that the girl who played ricky's sister i think is alive because she's at jupiter's claim later during this very important event that happens but yeah i'm assuming that several people died and with the gordy story the inclusion of it in the film, that's where most people are kind of confused and aren't sure how it ties in narratively, just from what I have been seeing from people online and just me eavesdropping while I was walking out of the movie theater. Yeah, like the scenes are really well shot and I like how they are incorporated into the movie. I was just waiting for, yeah, a bigger narrative payoff. And maybe there would have been one if Steven Yeun's character hadn't died, like, midway through the movie. Thematically, it makes sense because it's both... One of the things this movie is talking about is, you know, the nature of, like, animals and, like, especially animal handling. But I think another um, lesser is the effect and, like, toxicity of Hollywood, it works for Steven Yoon's character because he had this terrible thing happen to him, but he's kind of obsessed with it. He, like, can't let it go because it was something that makes him special. And there's another scene where they're going to film some sort of B-movie with, like, a horse on a tidal wave. The whole thing gave me anxiety, the way that he was being treated as, like, the animal handler. Oh, yeah, that OJ is. I think that's how his story kind of ties into everything. I think, yeah, narratively, maybe doesn't necessarily make sense. But thematically, it ties into just about everyone's story. And I think there's also this sort of idea that, oh, he's monetizing on this tragedy. I don't know. I think the backstory with Gordy, since Ricky was the only survivor, and There's this obvious bond between him and Gordy that's shown where after this rampage, Gordy kind of wanders over to this kid that, you know, is Ricky in the flashback and tries to give him a fist bump. And he obviously had this bond with this animal that now, as an adult, he has found this alien UFO, whatever, and he thinks that he can kind of create 
that same bond that he had with Gordy, but it becomes so exploitative where he's sort of turning this animal into this big spectacle and it reaches a breaking point and ends up eating a bunch of people, which I think was the point with Gordy as well, because they make a note to say this happened at the beginning of filming season two of this show. So obviously, the animal probably had enough. And you can tell just from the interactions with OJ in one of those earlier on scenes that a lot of people in the crew don't understand how to interact with these animals and aren't really respectful. I think that's the theme of the entire film because the whole thing opens with a Bible verse that says, I will pelt you with filth. I will treat you contempt and make you a spectacle. And that's basically what happens in the entire movie. Yeah, and you can see that too with OJ when he is on set with with one of the horses and like no one is really talking to him about okay, how how do we need to approach the horse? They're just doing it and he has to be like don't do that. Stop. Don't go towards the end of the horse. He'll kick you. And then they put that that mirror thing like in his face and he freaks out and it's just like, yeah, why else would you have an an animal handler on set if you're not going to talk to them. Well, and I think a lot of this movie is sort of a love letter to crew as well, because it addresses a lot of the mistreatment of people in the crew of these films, especially the animal handlers in this case. I wonder how much the animal handlers on this film really enjoyed that perspective of the movie. I've got to assume a lot, because I also am assuming that people like without that experience, and I have very little of being on film sets, but it's still enough for me to gauge that this is what it was trying to say. Yeah. I was very recently on a film set where I did not get a single break for 15 hours. And when I woke up the next morning, I had awful like Charlie horses in both of my legs and could not get out of bed. Oh, yeah. I wish the Gordy scenes had been more narratively involved. They're definitely just very thematic, um, but I really liked them. They were very intense. Yeah, I think out of all three of Jordan Peele's films, those scenes might have been the scariest ones that I have seen. Oh yeah, for sure. What did you think of, because I have been trying to figure this out since I saw the film, what did you think of the shoe? That was like standing straight up. Oh, That's what I kept trying Michael to figure out because I was like, okay, the alien has to be involved somehow, right? Because things and animals act strangely when it's around, but that's never explained. So I would love to hear your theory, interpretation, whatever. I went and saw this movie with Michael and we were trying to figure it out in the car. Like clearly it, it had some sort of symbolism, but I wonder if it's just that during the tragedy like that was the one thing he decided to focus on was just the oddity of that shoe standing up and i think the only thing that makes that tie into it is because it's said multiple times do not look these animals directly in the eye because that's what's agitating them so his just distracting enough yeah that he didn't end up looking at the animal in the eyes because he had something else oh, to fix it oh that's got to be it i just want to yeah, know why it was standing it. straight up if that has any significance my guess is just it had to be strange enough to draw his attention it was so what are your thoughts behind the alien and like the creature design i thought it was good i thought it was interesting there are those, um, I don't know if they ever have a name, but at the amusement park, whatever, 
they had those little plushies and masks and stuff of aliens. And I'm really glad it didn't end up being like a typical alien movie where, you know, they look like that design that you've seen a million times. But I, I was a little disappointed because once we realized that, oh, this is not a UFO, this is like an organic being, I thought we had only seen its eye and that it was going to be exposed to be much bigger. But that doesn't happen. It just sort of I mean, changes shape. Technically, it does get bigger. Well, yeah, it gets flowy and yeah. bigger. I thought it was cool looking. It was fine. It was a good idea. Uh, yeah, it made some beautiful shots at the end when um, OJ's on that horse. Oh, yeah. And like it's in the background or um, Emma's on the motorcycle and it's like right behind her. I liked just in general a lot of those scenes with her at the end where she's sort of luring the alien into this trap. And I think in general, there are a lot of really cool like visual quotes from other movies that you can see specifically with her on the motorcycle is that like very famous motorcycle slide shot thing from Akira. Yeah. And there's from like Jaws and other big blockbuster movies too. Yeah, because Jordan Peele's a big film guy yeah so he always likes to put nods in his movies i thought that was fun i don't know i'm not super impressed with the alien throughout most of the movie but i do think that the ending scenes yeah especially when you are getting that view of it from the ground up looked really cool yeah i liked a lot of the alien sequences it just seems really terrifying especially when that scene happens where uh the alien eats everybody at uh jupes like show and then you see them like getting eaten (laughs) upsetting i don't think it was even necessarily seeing that that was the most upsetting part it was the screams yeah (laughs) that was awful but i think another thing this movie does really well talking about like the screams is that it does a very good job of balancing the the horrifyingness of what's happening with humor. I think the humor in this movie is they hit a good balance with it. I don't think it goes too far. Um, like there's a moment where OJ is he just got Lucky the horse back from from Jupe's area because it ate everything, but the horse was fine, and he. He knows it's right above him, and so he, like, slowly opens the door and kind of looks up and then just goes, nope, and he shuts the door and locks it. That was very funny. There are a lot of good scenes like that. There's a fake-out alien scare that happens with some kids Oh, that was so creepy. It's really creepy, but it's Daniel Kaluuya's reaction to all of these crazy things that are going around, going on around him, that are hilarious and it is it's like a facial expression or just a one word answer and he still gets like a big laugh i thankfully had a really good crowd for this movie and the humor definitely came through i think jordan peele's films in terms of the way the humor is incorporated reminds me of movies like um poltergeist where it's very clearly a horror film It's not a horror comedy, but it's still very funny and fun to watch. I think this movie starts off as a horror film and then just kind of becomes an action thriller, which is fine. I'm surprised that I like it as much as I do considering that because I'm not a huge fan of films like that. Yeah, that like switch genres kind of midway through the movie. I'm fine with that. I'm just not a huge fan of like 
movies like Jaws or King Kong or Godzilla or anything like that, which is very clearly what this movie is paying homage to. Uh, another thing I really liked is the idea of the alien hiding in the cloud and the cloud not moving. What a simple idea, but it's so terrifying. That made for some really cool shots too, with just you kind of realizing along with them what's going on and you can see how still just that one cloud is. Should we talk about the cinematographer character now? Is that a good... Uh... Oh gosh, he's... I don't think we've talked about him yet. They're trying to capture the image of the like alien themselves, but they can't get it. And so M reaches out to the cinematographer that was on like the thing they just filmed or they were supposed to film. And he's so artsy and like... <laughs> Eventually, when he, like, realizes that she she wasn't lying, that it is, like, the shot of a lifetime, he joins the group to try to, like, get an image of the creature, and his ultimate downfall is that he needs another take. <laughs> I looked at him as more of, like, an Icarus story, almost, where he has just flown too close to the sun. He wants to get that impossible shot. And even after the realization that it isn't worth it, he can't seem to help himself. And he literally dies for this shot, this one yeah, his art. impossible shot. Yeah, that's so Hollywood. I thought, yeah, that was really interesting. I think the idea was there. He was a bit underutilized, but just looking at it as like a, a product of Hollywood, it made a lot of sense and tied into the themes pretty well still. The other person that is on the team, Team Haywood, is like just this tech guy they met when they went to go buy security cameras. He comes and he helps put them up. Then he like hacks into their system or like watches their feed that night and he becomes so invested that he just comes back out and he's like, ah, you need my help. I'm going to help you capture this. I really like this character. I It's uh, Brandon Perea, who was on the OA, if anyone is familiar. It took me a while to recognize him. He looks very different. But I really like the the friendship that he ends up making with OJ and Emerald, especially with Emerald. It's just very fun to watch. And there's a very, very tense scene. Barbed wire. Well, with barbed wire, yes, but not that one. Um, I'm trying to think of what the character's name was. Oh, his name is Angel. Angel. Okay, there's a scene with Angel and Emerald inside of the house where the alien has just massacred like 40 people. I guess now it's got to shit some stuff out and it does so oh on God. the house while they are yeah. trapped inside and all of the electronics and lights have gone out. It, I think, visually was my absolute favorite in the entire film. This scene yeah. is crazy. Yeah, it was It was good. It was crazy. And that's another thing, too, is that's kind of another way the movie starts off, is that the character um, that Keith David plays, Otis Haywood Sr., who is Emerald and OJ's dad he dies in the beginning because they're like out he's out like training the horses and like all this stuff just starts falling from the sky and he dies because a nickel like goes through his skull absolutely horrifying i think the most interesting part of this is you can tell from the very beginning that the government is just covering all of this stuff up because they basically blame it on debris falling from an airplane which would not happen and also the speed that a nickel falls from that high up would not kill someone. 
Mm-mm. No, it's the same reason why rain doesn't kill you. Yeah, like, there's no possible way. Like, maybe it could have concussed him, but it wouldn't have lodged itself into his brain. But they also have these blink-and-you'll-miss-it kind of radio segments going on in the back that talk about man who I'm assuming has been abducted that we never, you know, circle back to, but clearly the alien got him. And they also are trying to cover up later this big massacre at Jupiter's claim and say that, oh, it was a flash flood and these people all just sort of, you know, washed away. So I think they do lay good groundwork for what is going on. Yeah, I think so too. And I I like the ending. I like that they they use the... uh the jupiter's claim like balloon because it has eyes to like trick the creature into eating it and then at the same time emma's trying to get like the perfect photo but then she realizes it's you know it's not even worth it she still gets it she gets it but she doesn't she doesn't she doesn't grab it because she's just like all the other people are here and they saw it too like what's i think yeah it does a great job with the family story in coming full circle especially with so OJ has decided that this alien's name is Jean Jacket, which was the horse that Emerald was supposed to train her first time. But that job ended up going to OJ because they got hired to do a movie, to do the Scorpion King. And she kind of, you know, got bumped. But now this is her full chance to train this alien and break this alien and do this for herself. And she does it. And she does a great job. And I think it's also really funny that during our big climax scenes, OJ has got the Scorpion King hoodie on and it's got the like, it says crew on the back. So I think that obviously, you know, is another nod to film crews. But I just really like that. I really like how it all ties together. But I do have a question. Do you think OJ is dead or alive? Oh, I think he's alive. I think he knows way too much about animals to be dead. I don't know. I I saw some theories that were saying that he may be dead just because of that scene where he he gets there and it says like out yonder right above him and we don't see him again until he like, you know, is in the dust in this cloud and only Emerald sees him and they do their little hand-eye gesture thing to each other. I would like to think he's alive though. Yeah. I'm going to say that that I think he's alive. And I think the idea of that was like, see, you did it. I knew you could. You always had it in you. That's true, because everyone at the beginning was talking shit about how bad he is at his job. And now I feel like he's going to have a lot more confidence when it comes to it. He's like, oh, I I trained an alien. So horses are no problem. I think he's good at his job. I think he's just not good good at the charismatic being on set Well, and now he's... Hopefully got his sister there. I don't think she would leave after all of that shit. So maybe they've learned to work as a team and maybe that was the lesson. Yeah, that'd be a good lesson to learn. I like that Angel doesn't die. Angel's really smart, though. Like what he does is super smart. Well, and I think that makes sense, too, because they're like, oh, he's sort of a conspiracy theorist. He knows all this stuff about UFOs and, you know, the government, what information they've released about it and stuff like that. But that was insanely smart, what he does with the barbed wire. Yeah. Yeah, he ties the barbed wire on himself because he's just like, it's going to be a lot harder for it to get me. And if it does, it's going to have to eat all of this barbed wire. And it doesn't like that. It's going to throw it up. But yeah, I think in general, the movie never breaks the rules of its own universe, whether or not that means it makes sense narratively. But, you know, 
nothing is strange or confusing enough that I can't forgive it. So I do really like this film. I agree. I like it. The one thing is like this film is definitely much it's it's definitely much more straightforward than us, for example, where you could really, really dig deep and dissect. Not that you can't like get things from a rewatch, but I think because it's supposed to be like an homage, uh, a homage to all these summer blockbusters, he doesn't make it too complicated. No, I would agree. I think out of all three of his films, this is definitely the most straightforward. And I don't think that's a disservice at all. It makes sense for the genre of film he's playing in. I think a lot of people are going to go in it expecting more and expecting like crazy twists and I don't know crazy conspiracies and all of that and those people will be disappointed but I went in just knowing that Jordan Peele is a great filmmaker and I'm going to have a good time no matter what I see yeah so if you haven't yet you should go to the theater and see this movie it's great agree go right now I think they're gonna have a great uh opening weekend yeah I think it's gonna make a lot of money it seems like a lot of people are going to check it out. You know, good. But also, remember, if you go to the movie theater, be safe, wear a mask, don't be an asshole. Fair enough. All right, horror fans, thank you for listening to this week's episode of Horrorstruck. If you want to hear more from us, you can head on over to Twitter and Instagram, where we are at Pod, Or you can check us out on Facebook at Horrorstruck Podcast. If you have any movie recommendations, you can go ahead and tweet those at us and give it your very own horror-struck rating. Until next time, horror fans, remember, stay spooky. Bye! Bye.